Welcome to the Modern Sick. And I'm glad you guys are here today. Of course, I got Jaspreet with me. Jaspreet, what's going on? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. And I know you wanted to talk about this. And so today's topic, we're going to talk about the Nishan Saab. What does it mean? It's in the news lately. It's everywhere. People like it, hate it in the community, out of the community. There's so much going on. So we want to just talk about the Nishan Saab, what it means for six, uh, what happened January 26th and everything in between. Um, so just breathe, share your initial thoughts on Nishan Saab and why you think it's an important topic for us to talk about today. Well, like this is supposed to be a podcast for deliberating sick issues and discussing things that are very important for us in the contemporary, in the lens of, you know, um, tradition, Garbani and Tawarik, and Rehat as well. And it seems like right now we've kind of hit this fork in the road when uh, metal meets the road in which we're having discourse about something that we have long thought everybody understood about the Nashan Saib. But apparently when it comes to practice, we all seem to have uh, deliberations about what it means when we're actually hoisting it. And so I think it's very important for us to discuss this as a way to strengthen the community because deliberation is important, but um, deliberation is with the intent of unity. And so we should be united on this front. And so I wanted to discuss this um, mainly from that angle. So let's discuss before we get into what uh the nishan sahib is uh what what happened that's making us talk about this so discuss what happened january 26th um at the red fort it was all over the place uh the good bad and ugly of it so there are a few aspects of it there's ob obviously the state narrative which is trying to label the nishan sahib as a khalistani or extremist um uh propaganda um, trying to label it as, you know, somehow that day the entire movement was uh, taken over by some some malicious force. And then, then there's the true intent um, of the community, of the protesters. And um, today we're going to mainly focus on that, is what was the intent, what is the angle of the Sikhs, because it's a Sikh insignia for the humanity, right? And we're going to talk about the dimensions of it from that perspective. Um, but before we be, uh, continue into that conversation, um, I think it's worth mentioning that there were two incidents that happened on the 26th, right? So on the 26th was the protest uh, that took place through Delhi that was originally uh, demarcated with Delhi police and uh, whatever events took place causing them to go off route, uh, they went off route and um, they ended up at Red Fort. Um, there are, are videos um, that have been played over and over again in Godi Media's um, lens of showing violence uh, perpetrated by the, the farmers or the protesters. And it's worth mentioning that they're only showing very specific videos. But uh, before we continue, I want to say that any violence by any organizer, anybody that's in any leadership position has openly con uh, condemned any acts of violence. But the movement is the largest protest in the world, 
And so isolated incidents of violence are, uh, are going to happen. It's inevitable. It's almost uncontrollable at that point because there's just a sheer number of people that are involved, uh, the number of actors involved, as well as you know seeing your peers and loved ones pass away next to you when you've been sitting on the streets for over 80 days and then being brutalized over and over again by the police and provoked. Um, that causes some reactions. Um, I'm not saying any of that justifies it, but that's the lens through which to see that part of it. The second part of it is the Nishan Saib itself being hoisted. Uh, it's worth mentioning and it's worth reiterating over and over again that the Taranga or the flag of India was never taken down at any place, uh, but the Sikh Nishan Saib was put up with uh, the Kassan Union flag, the Kassan Rally flag, uh, at an empty flagpole. Um, which uh, was hoisted up by uh, a galvanized force of everybody that was at Lal Kila or Red Fort. Thanks for clarifying that, uh, because I don't think a lot of people know, because the way the media shows it is that other flags were taken down, the Nishan Sahib was the highest is there, and that's going to be the law of the land. This is going to be, they're trying to make this new Khalistan, and I know Khalistan triggers a bunch of things in people, Khalistan, um, forget non-sex, <laughs> just sex alone, it probably triggers things. So I'm glad you clarified that. And, um, you know, the Sikh Research Institute came out with something that uh, shows what is the Nishan Saab. They came out with graphics and they show, um, you know, uh, the insignia that's on it, the kanda that's on it, they break it down and show what does this all mean. So just bear with me. I want to read this. Uh, it's going to take about 30, 40 seconds. Uh, but this is basically what the Kanda means and the Nishan Saab means. So first, before I read it, the Nishan Saab is about the Sikh worldview. And the Sikh worldview, in short, is Ikkolankar. And Ikkolankar, that podcast could go on for 27 hours, so we won't get into that. But uh, just, just think of that when you're thinking of Nishan Saab. But let me just read this. The Kanda emblem adorns Nishan Saab, the Sikh flag and captures the Sikh worldview. The design of the Kanda incorporates four weapons that were used in Sikh history. In Sikhi, a balanced life involves harmony of the outer life called Miri, which is political sovereignty, and the inner life, which is called Piri, spiritual sovereignty. So Miri and Piri are represented by the two swords on the outer edges of the design. The double-edged sword in the center is called a Kanda, and that represents the passage one takes through life as illustrated by the 10 Gurus. The circular disc known as the Chakar represents the all-embracing, all-encompassing nature of Ikkolankar. Like I said, you just got to know what Ikkolankar is in the Sikh worldview, and then you'll know the flag. So taken as a whole, the Kanda represents the creative, sovereign power of Ikkolankar, the force that governs the universe in its entirety. And that's what the Kanda represents, and that's what the Sikh flag represents, and that's why you basically see Nishan Saab at every Gurdwara. And it's nothing to do with Khalsa, nothing to do with any of that stuff. But because we've been using this for a long time before the word Khalistan was even in, you know, in people's memory or whatever was etched, uh, the Kanda was used, uh, the Nishan Saab was used. So that's what it really means. So I really want to get that out there because a lot of Sikhs do not know this. A lot of Sikhs don't know where the Kanda comes from. Why do we have this? Why is it in Gurdwaras? And the one thing I want to say uh, is why do we have it? Why is the Kanda there at the Gurdwara? And it was explained to me, I was listening to a speech and they said it really well, which is it's like going, because over there, it's all about the Guru's rule. 
It's not about your rule, what we call Gurmat. It's all about the Guru's rule. The sovereignty of Ikonkar and the Guru's rule will take place at that location, which mainly is Gurdwaras. So people are like, why even have it? It's just like the way that you relate it to is when you go to any other country and you go to an American embassy, the America flag is there. Because in that embassy, the American rules work, not the country that you're in. It's kind of the same concept of why the Nishan Sahib is at Gurdwaras. And, um, but just read. So let's talk about. So now we just gave like a little overview of what the Kanda is and what it means so people don't have that misconception. Because Godi media will never tell you these things. And um, largely the Biasic media won't either. So let's talk about it. Well, let's, let's talk about what's, why it's created such a Hangama. So, again, uh, you said it beautifully. Um, it talks about sovereignty, and sovereignty for sex isn't um, a nation-state. It can be that, because nation-states, what do they do? They allow us the ability to govern. But for sex, governing spaces don't necessarily mean having a formal country. Uh, governance for us means policy. Governance means a way of life. Um, and there's a Shabbat that comes to mind that explains this very well. It's Begum Purashar Kono. And it's actually written by one of the Pagats. And Pagatji there explains that it's a, a place where fair taxation takes place, where people's creeds or their um, origins are not demarcating of uh, how they have to live or what they have to do, that the, people are free in that space. So call it Khalistan, call it Begapura, call it Halim Miraj, whatever term it works for you. But sovereign rule is the aim for six for the ability for liberating people from any ties they might have or any oppression they might might face. And this is um, celebrated even throughout the farmers' protest. Uh, the same police officers that were beating these people under the Nishan Saib were the ones getting fed by the farmers that were bruised and uh, berated. They were the ones serving them longer, preparing food for these people and having them sit down and feeding them. And so that's policy. That's how policy works. Policy is how people are ruled, people are governed, people think, their frame, frameworks. So all of that took place under the Nishan Saib. That's... That's an example of the Nishan Saib in, in, in a modern context, right? Is where the uh, the shield, like, okay, so when I was learning Shastra Vidya, when I was growing up, I was learning Gatka, and one of my ustads once told me that, you know, go pick up a talwar, and I was I was just a little kid, and I was like, what's a talwar? And he was like, it's a karpan. I was like, why does it have two names if it's the same thing? And he said, um, in Urdu, talwar means... Uh, aiming or striking at someone's neck, tali tevar. It's made of two words, right? Um, and it was a way of saying one strike to kill a person, to brutalize someone. And the gurus changed that. Um, same weapon, but it changed it to kirpan. It means with, with the blessing, uh, a blessed shield. And that's how we look at a kirpan. That's why every Amritari Singh wears a kirpan. And so even on the insignia, when we see it, we see it from an angle of mercy. We see it from an angle of a shield. We see it from an angle of protection. And so even at that moment, we're protecting these officers who feel like they have no other choice but to uh, brutalize these people in order to uh, obtain job security, right? Like if these people didn't have an incentive to brutalize these uh, folks, would they? Uh, 
And I think that's a critical angle. So who's who's to blame here? Is it the system or is it the police officers? I personally think it's uh, the system that's to blame here. And so when it becomes a conversation about the Nishan Saib, it's them trying to refocus the attention of the people, refocus the narrative to a propaganda machine that would rather focus on uh, a few frustrated people who have seen their loved ones die rather than the months of brutality and unjust laws that have been passed that they're trying to repeal. Because Godi media and uh, the people of, that follow Hindutva, uh, in, uh, Indian nationalism, um, they are focusing on everything except for the laws. You will never hear the narrative of, you know, uh, these people have been sitting out here for so many days, they've been, uh, they've been deprived of fresh water, as we saw a few days ago. Um, that's not the lens that we're going to they're going to talk about. In fact, uh, Modi has even said now that he's not even going to speak to these farmers anymore. And uh, avidly is just avoiding the situation and letting these people starve to death um, and trying to isolate them and trying to um, slowly kill them and put them even further in debt. So when the conversations about the sovereignty, when the conversations about uh, the insignia of the true sovereign, Akal Parkour, the one force, that you mentioned earlier, then the flavor is different because that same flag historically has been used for protecting Hindu women when uh, uh, people came from outside of India uh, to uh, take them into sex trafficking or slave trade to back to the city of Gajani. These same, the same insignia was used for, uh, for longer since 1469, since Guru Nanak Maharaj. That same insignia is used by Khal Saeed, who gives humanitarian aid across the world even today. That insignia is also used for our Gurdwari. And today, we're seeing it in this farmer protest. That same insignia is used for uh, teaching Dalit children uh, education, giving them an education, giving them books, giving them food, giving them clothing. If anything, the people of Delhi are more happy seeing the farmers and the Sikhs come into their city because they've seen a rise from oppression under the governance and the policy making of the Sikhs than they ever did under the regime of Muddi. So exactly what part of this sounds like terrorist practices? What part of this seems like extremist movement? Um, that's, that's the puzzling part to me is, sure, there's a symbol, but that symbol has so many connotations to it. Why just pick one? I agree with mostly everything you said. I don't know if it was used in 1469 when Guru I think I know what you meant. It was used back in the day, but it, I don't think everyone knows like the origin of it. I think that's still a thing that six have to figure out and in the years have to figure out because Banda Singh Bahadur's book, he had the, and there's a famous painting of him, you know, carrying the insignia and everything, but you know, they didn't have it back in his time either. So anyways, that's as much as I've read. That they didn't have it back. He actually had dig dig fatih on it, which kind of means the the worldview of six is the same there too. But that's what at least Jagjit Singh says in his book. Um, okay, so I got you on that. I got I got I'm agreeing with you on on those types of things too. But so let me let me uh, because I talked to my neighbor about it, and my neighbor he's all you know of course uh, he's from Haryana, his family's from Haryana, and uh, you know sec and everything like that, uh, but. Uh, so he's always writing about farmers protests and everything and we talk and he knows people there so he gets he gives me some inside scoops here and there the thing is 
so let's go back to what happened January 26th. The flag was up there, which is causing this whole hoopla. And I was like, and he's like, you know, when breathe, he's like, of course, you're sick. So you're biased. You know, you're like, oh, what's the big deal? The flag's there. But he's like, you got to understand, not every, not all the farmers are sick. They're in different religions as well. So what, why are you promoting that? Why did you put it up there? You know, it leaves a bad taste. You're trying to unify everybody. So why, why even have that flag, you know? And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. I'm not saying it was, it was great, but I'm, uh, we could be like, yeah, it's not a big deal. But when it comes to unifying everybody and, and leaving religion out of it, because right now the religion is farming and their land, that's the one religion everybody's under. Um, why even do that? And that's what left a bad taste. What do you say about that? Look, historically, the flag of the sex has been used as, as a cosmopolitan flag. It's not the Sikh flag. That's just how we easily, conveniently label it, which it might be even our problem on the marketing standpoint. The Sikhs have openly accepted everybody. Look at Maharaja Ranjit Singh's court. Uh, people were literally tripping over one another from other countries that wanted to come and serve under him as generals or scholars or poets. Um, look at the 52 court poets of Guru Gobind Singh Maharaj. Um, they weren't all Sikhs. But they all came to fight under his insignia. And by the way, um, here's my clarity. In 1469, we might not have a Nishansai per se, but the ideas of the emblem itself, the insignia itself, was already immortalized with the, 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 the manifestation of Guru Nanak Maharaj. Because um, many people argue about what the Nishan Saib is. Some people say it's a Qatar, it's a Tal, it's a Krapan, and it's blue instead of orange. That doesn't matter. The thing that's constant with the insignia of the six is what it represents. And everything else kind of becomes a, a smaller issue because you can show it however you want to. You can manifest it however you want to. And during Maharaja Ranjit Singh's time, um, there are pictures and depictions of the Khalsa uh, flag, quote-unquote, the Sikh flag, being flown side-by-side side with the flag with Durga on it. And... So things for six coexist. We're not one identity. It's not just saying like it has to be our way or the other way. Same thing happened on the day of the Red Fort. There were three flags. The Tranga was already up. So the Indian flag was already up on, in the air. And it was the biggest one. And it was on the same flagpole it was on before they arrived. Then the Sikh flag was put on another pole, on a different flagpole. And on that same flagpole, the farmer's flag was put up. And so... The job of the Sikh flag is not to be like the Sikhs have been here. The flag of the Sikhs showing up is that humanity has arrived and righteousness itself will protect the uh, dignity of the people that are downtrodden. That's, that's what the flag represents. The flag has done that over the years, whether we've had a nation state or not. Look, that flag was used in, uh, before 1947 as well. Where over 93% of the people that sacrificed their lives for the independ independence of India were Sikhs. But even back then, they used this Nishan Saib. In World War II, the Sikhs fighting under the British had the Sikh flag uh, on their regiments. Uh, even today, in the Indian, uh, Indian Army, uh, the Sikhs use the Nishan Saib while they're protecting the borders of India from Pakistan and China. So when we use it in so many contexts, 
and they openly allow it and they see it and there's even pictures with Muddi with the Nishan Saib on his forehead um, so when we have all of these uh, connotations that and in, in which the insignia is used in, for uh, the protection of people of Raki of those that are downtrodden or that can't protect themselves and sex over and over again sacrificing themselves for that righteousness for that dignity for the values why is it now that suddenly those values are in uh, in jeopardy because now you're on the the wrong side of history now you're the ones that are being the oppressors and we have to fight against your oppression that's what happens <laughs> that's what happens all the time kind of remind me of the movie i saw too uh kesri where they use the Nishansab, you know? And I was actually surprised. I'm like, they're using a Nishansab in a Bollywood movie? That's crazy. But it was made by a sick director. But it was just, um, I was like, wow, all right, cool. This came through too. Uh, but no one said a word there. So let's, but let's talk about also um, what's happening within the six. So let's talk about six now. Let's talk about why are some six divided on this issue of, and, Forget about that. They don't know what it really means. Okay, that's the, of course because then you're definitely going to be divided. But is there anything else? Is there anything else that's dividing them on the Sikh flag, using it, where to use it, where not to use it, invoking it at certain places or not? Um, absolutely. And I, my personal um, belief on this, and the things that I've learned over the years, just listening and talking to people, and even our uh, literature, is that. The six have developed a victim mentality in which a lot of us fall because we also have to see the ramifications of uh, speaking as sovereigns, uh, whether that's 1947, whether that's uh, Operation Black Thunder in the 50s, uh, whether that's uh, 1984. Uh, anytime six have tried to uh, exercise sovereignty, exercise any form of uh, protecting the weak, we have uh, met a very brunt end of injustice uh, over time. And so a lot of Sikhs are fearful of um, uh, 84 repeating itself today. Um, one of the main reasons that people are speaking up so loudly is not just because the farmer laws are so bad, but it's also mainly about the human rights abuses that we are fearing that are going to take place as a result of uh, the Indian gover government trying to control this narrative and spin it. And so... That victim mentality is what's leading people away from the Nishan Saib, not the Nishan Saib itself. Because if you take away all the smokes and mirrors, we all agree what the Nishan Saib means. We just can't uh, accept the truth of what it means because we get very uncomfortable very quickly and say, what will happen to us if people um, misconstrue this? What will happen to our community if we, do, uh, if we portray ourselves in a, in a way that we show any type of individuality? And look, the problem is that we have mistaken uh, individuality uh, and unity, actually, as uniformality. That somehow we can't show our colors or somehow we have broken away from other people. Look, we have to take inspiration from nature. We have to take inspiration from uh, the world as six because we see divinity in all. Then at that point, we need to look at the divinity of a rainbow, we need to be able to see that a rainbow has different colors, but they all move together. And every single color serves a purpose. Whether that's a person from Rajasthan, UP, Hindu, Muslim, Dalit, uh, Brahman, doesn't matter. It never has. For the Sikhs, it's always been that if whatever you are, as long as you're fighting for righteousness, irrespective of it, for us, you're a brother. 
For us, you're a sister. For us, you are an ally. For us, you're someone that we welcome with open arms. And even if you don't agree with us, we still want to accept you with open arms. And that's, if we want to put that, exemplify that in the modern context, just look at Khal Saeed's work. Look at the Kasan Murcha. Look at the Gurdwaras. Look at how they're still feeding police officers. Look at how they're still treating Dalit Sikhs or untouchables across India. Look at how we're still educating them, feeding them, clothing them, helping their shops. Um, all of that is done through Sikh principle. And none of that means that we're just being religious. Religious and secular for us, as you open with Miri and Piri, religious and secular, secular for us are intertwined. And so when that's the case, then why are we not able to properly put that into words? Why are we not willing to take the time and say, this is what we are, and we are unapologetic about it? Because there's no reason for us to be apologetic. We're trying to help the world. Let us. In a world where we're so shattered and we're so divided, when there's a sign of unity, why flinch? Yeah, I like what you said about victimhood. But listening to you, it reminds me of my conversations with six these days. You know, they want... I don't know why. I, I don't know why or where this happened. And it's kind of like a sign of our community too. We just want to be, we're peaceful and that's it. And you should just, you know, we're, we're in this new trend where everyone just wants to pray and do 24 hour kirtans all the time and not talk about issues and not protest or not be with the protest, not give their disfund, which is a whole nother topic, a whole nother show. But that, I think that's that's a weird trend that's happening in our community uh, of six where I, when I talk to them, they don't want to talk about politics. They think politics and Sikhi is totally separate. I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm like, what? I'm like, <laughs> like a double take. Like, it's not separate. It's the same thing. Like you said, intertwined, like where like it goes hand in hand. That's why there's media and beauty on the Sikh. Like people just need to know, man. I don't sometimes like, could you just read? Just read what what it is. So, but it's it's it is a new trend. I don't know if it's gonna go away. I don't know where it's ha where it's heading. But most people want politics and Sikhi, two separate things that have nothing to do with each other. This is how Sikhs are thinking, and it boggles my mind. I'm like, because I grew up in a family where it was always together, where it was always together. So it was just, it's a dangerous path. Um, I said that last podcast too, <laughs> on meat and stuff. But I'm like, this is a a dangerous path too because. You mentioned Kalsaid. Kalsaid is both. Kalsaid is just not spirituality, guys. Kalsaid goes where the political oppression is happening and helping people, and that's what Kalsa should do. That's why India probably is afraid of the word Kalsa still, which is another show for another day. But you're right that we the victimhood is happening. We're not telling our own narrative. We shy away from our own story and we just want to tell the government story. We want to tell the story that's popular, the story that won't make anybody uncomfortable because God forbid somebody's uncomfortable for five seconds these days. So, and we got to stop doing that. We got to tell our own story, our own narrative, and we got to make people, Grunanik and the Gurus made people uncomfortable. That's why they are where they are. That's why we have, that's why uh, sick personalities are so great because they were uncomfortable and they changed and then they made you uncomfortable and they changed the world and they changed sick per perspective and stuff. So I agree, man, but I do, I do see a trend that is heading the wrong direction of everybody wants to keep politics out of everything. Let's just talk about Bach. 
let's just talk about spirituality and let's eat and then that's it. So I'm going to kind of um, deviate from you in that there are two sections of the community that are forming. One is like strictly being like brutal, being unapologetic, being very, very uh, orthodox, uh, focusing on correct practice and correct uh, tradition and correct belief. So orthopraxy is correct practice and orthodoxy is uh, correct belief, right? Um, And so people that you're seeing a reactionary thing that's taking place and people are going to two different extremes. One is completely be spiritual and the other is completely be uh, active. And the thing is that all of that falls under the Nishan. All of it falls under the Nishan side. Uh, But like, People often have this conversation with me. They say like, oh, you don't, like, uh, where do you find biras from? I'm like, my biras comes from the conviction of my gurus. Like, I prepare myself for battle every single day. And that same battle is how I see the external world. That battle that's going on inside of me is how I see the external world. These are the same things taking place outside that are taking place in within. And the thing is, as a community, we have fallen into this double-mindedness that somehow one of them will stray us away from the other, uh, the opposite. That if I if I open my eyes and start taking care of the world, that somehow I'm going to lose myself. And that if I start taking care of, uh, if I stop taking care of the world outside of me, if I stop taking care of like you know the political battle that's taking place outside of me, or the actions like jataka or um, the Hazuri Singhs running and uh, calling halla or holla mahalla. Uh, that if those things go away, that somehow I'm going to lose Sikhi. So those are the two dimensions, right? That's how we see the community. The thing is, the gurus intertwined both of those. We just need to come back to not untethering them. They're all under the nishan, see them as one, understand them as one, interact with them as one. The battle for the sex... We don't see the kalam any different than the sword. And that's why we're seeing this problem with, you know, the first five gurus were peaceful and the last five were violent. Um, that's why that's taking place is because we don't understand for the Sikh, the kalam is just as powerful, just as compassionate, just as righteous as picking up a karpan. That's why the Shabad by Guru Gobind Singh Maharaj comes to mind where he says that if all other uh, means of resolving conflict uh, do not uh, find solution, then it is righteous and just to pick up a karpan, um, pick up a shamshir. Like, that's why it exists. That's why it's there. Uh, and unfortunately, the reason that I, I personally believe that we have fallen into this um, idea of, um, you know, one side or the other is because we have uh, never understood the complexity of our sick leaders. Um, we talk about Mani Singh from one of two perspectives, but never two at the same time. Yes, he did write a lot of Bina. Yes, he did do a lot of part. Yes, he did tutor people. But at the same time, at the age of 75, he did pick up Akhanda and go to fight for the sanctity of Darbar Sahib. Yes, he did write. Yes, he did pick up a sword. For us, it's one and the same because that's what it means at the end of the day for a Sikh to rise up at the moment that we need to speak up. Sura so pehchaniye jo lade din ke hit. 
Purja purja katamare kabuna shardekit. Yes, it's literal. Yes, it's uh, metaphorical. For us, meanings don't exist in s separate spaces. Things can coexist for sex. Like, so many meanings to these Shabbats can be valid. It's just we, for some reason, want a single meaning for every Shabbat, a single instance for everything to exist. And that's where the problem lies. We argue about meanings because we don't understand that all of those things can coincide. And they can all be true exactly at the same time as one another. I mean, you're so good at giving these lines from history and Gurbani. I only have Punjabi music lines that run through my head all day. <laughs> so it reminded me of Sataj's line. Jit de nishan sada rahe jande chande naal Pehla var kalma na var khande naal Like first it's always the pen and what's happening Okay, could we figure this out? If not, last resort We'll pick up the khanda too Just like Bhai Mani Singh did So you're right I mean, look, the, the community needs to understand this And it comes to education When you were talking, I thought of Gurdwaras as well Because that is going to be our next podcast Talk about Gurdwaras and how they're failing us Because I stopped going a while ago, but when I do go, because I, you know, I'm forced into go <laughs> for fam family reasons, whereas like you know some families longer or something like that, and just gotta like show up, or it's a tragedy, you know, uh, or a wedding. <laughs> so it's either one of those things. But I've never heard the paisab say. I've never heard a paisab say, and this is by the way, this is where most six get their education from. Still in America, don't worry about India or like what happened 50 years ago. Most Sikhs still get their education with this, where the Paisab is like, um, yeah, yeah, come to Gudwara, Matadeko, Patkaro. There's, there's no political, there's no activism, there is no nothing. So people just hear that. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we're going to do this many Sukhmi Sapats, we're going to come here, do Asakivar and this and that, and just, just uh, life, life is good. So, which is really hurting Sikhs. And if they actually. Oh, man, if they actually knew, I mean, we could have, uh, we would be in a different place right now. But it's a process. Um, just for, what else you want to say about the Nishan Saab, man? So I'm, I'm going to say this. As much as Gurbaniya is, is important for sex because we believe it's true wisdom, that wisdom can also be seeked through music, through other lens, right? Through other mediums. And so you brought up Sartaj, and this is one of my favorite songs by Sartaj. And he says, Ithe sadkante sham severe kum dene, Ithe sartaj varge bathere kum dene. That uh, in the mornings and in the evenings, there are plenty of people that walk around acting, touting about that, you know, I stand for justice, I stand for peace, I stand for humanitarian values, I do so much activism. Um, and then there's so many people that can sing about these things, that can sit back and be like, you know, look at the glory of XYZ person. There's so many people that can do that. But then he says after that, Sache suche ahsasanal apne ranga vicha ranga jana wale bande aam nahi That people who are able to uh, paint in the color of love others, to inspire others, to be able to speak out on behalf of those that are downtrodden, to help those that are downtrodden, to assist those that have less, and then get them to such a point where they are the ones doing the work. That transformative quality, that finding people like that is very hard. And talking, coming back to the Nishan Sahib at this point of these lyrics, there is videos of Delhi police officers crying saying, you can take our jobs if you want to, but we don't want to brutalize these people anymore. 
if if that's taking place, I ask any viewer, uh, especially if you're sympathetic to the Indian government, if that's what the Delhi police officers are saying and crying about, then I think we need to start questioning what we understand about this narrative, what we understand about this propaganda and this protest. And the line that's most that hits me the most is the chorus of this song. And he says, Jado patao ve sinia chesheko hornegeji, odo janga janavale bandeyamani yonde. That when you know that there are going to be holes put inside of you, whether that's your credibility, whether that's your respect, whether you're going to be called terrorist, whether you're going to be called uh, nasty names like Gurmuk Singh, who was uh, behind bars even at the age of 70, when uh, their credibility is challenged and called terrorists and they're beaten and berated and called nasty names while their kids are on the on the battlefield. By the way, Gurmukh Singh served in the military for 30 years and in three wars. And he said, I will never be able to live down what just took place to me. And this is a 70-year-old man talking about his experience with the Delhi police and how he was brutalized. And... This song, he says, Jado pataho ve sinia chesheko hornegeji, odo janga jana vale bande amni onde. That those people are not your average Joes. Those are your, the most distinct, the most precious people in the world because they are willing to put it all on the line, even if it's inconvenient for them, because they see that their vajud, their morals, their respect, everything that they hold to the foundation of themselves is being challenged, they're willing to throw everything else to the side, even if it's their lives. And so that's the true wisdom of Gurbani as well. And that's the beauty of Gurbani because it's not just secular and it's not just, you know, we only find it all in Guru Granth Sahib Maharaj, nothing else in the world matters. For us, it's all divine wisdom. We can find wisdom in uh, Tupac lyrics if we wanted to. Um, but when that's the core of us, then imagine what our insignia can cover. What can the, the Sikh Nishan Sahib stand for? What can it represent? And so far it's represented humanity, humility, the ability to stand for those that are downtrodden, the ability to stand up for those that have less, and to empower them so that they don't even need us to be there anymore. They're able to protect themselves and become representatives of the insignia themselves. So then, it's not even a sick issue. It's not even the sick flag anymore. It's a humanity flag. It's a flag for all of us. At the same time, it becomes a flag for all of mankind to stand together. And... I don't even blame Hindu nationalists for not understanding this because uh, Hindutva's entire politics is based off of divide and conquer. It's all based off of trying to separate us. So when they see a flag of unity, they don't understand what that means because their understanding of unity is either you're with us or against us and it has to look a certain way or else it doesn't count. For us, it's like, just join us, we'll fit you in, we'll find a place for you. And even if we can't, don't worry, we still have your back. That's the Sikh way. That's the Sikh principle that unified from the house of Gurnanak. And I think we need to start understanding that, not just as Sikhs, but even outsiders. Because the Nishan Sahib is just as much mine as it is yours, at the end of the day. Very well said, man. I just encourage everybody to go read about the Nishan Sahib, go read 
about some Sikh history and, you know, start mixing your politics and your spirituality together. And then you'll get the idea of it going God and you'll get the idea of the Nishan Sahib as well. Um, Jaspreet, man, it was great talking to you. Uh, um, sorry, I just ranted a lot. I, I know I, I kind of just went on my own tangent and just acted like you didn't exist for a while there. But I think that this, this issue is so critical, not just for the six, but for the world to understand because today is a battle of Punjab. But tomorrow the battle might be in the U.S. or in Canada or somewhere around the world. And the six will still stand up. And I think that we need to start not only educating ourselves, but educating the populace about what this insignia means. Because tomorrow it will be used again by the six to stand up for whatever cause it is in the world, as it has been historically. Oh, for sure. And I think uh, it's a great way to end it. I think everyone should just go and realize what this insignia really means um i just hope they do i hope we could encourage a few people but i hope the community could come together and start really looking at sikhi the way the nishan sab is telling us it should be instead of um you know my uh <laughs> instead of being cafeteria six picking and choosing what you like and don't worry about the rest. So hopefully this gives some clarity uh, to everybody uh, what the Nishan Sab is, what the Sikh flag is, what it really represents, and why it's for everybody and humanity. It's not ours, like Jaspreet said, it's everybody's. Uh, but Jaspreet, man, always great talking to you. Um, I'm glad we had this conversation, and I look forward to the next podcast. Vaheguru Ji Ka Khalsa. Vaheguru Ji Ka Khalsa. Vaheguru Ji Ki Fateh.